on today's Jazz Pros Diaries. Forget the fries. Would you like sex with that? Today, we look at a 52-year-old Christmas story that's a bit different from holiday films like It's a Wonderful Life. And this one is called My Night at Maud's, and it asks a tantalizing question. Would you give up your principles for love? Now, choosing between one and the other may seem like an easy decision in theory, but what if you found yourself in an unexpected situation? What would happen to your principles if an opportunity outside your pre-established rules suddenly presented itself to you. What would you do if no one was looking? And would your decision mean anything in the greater scheme of things? And the last thing I expected was to find myself grappling with these questions when I kicked back with a glass of wine to watch a movie last night. But that's exactly what happened. And by the time the film ended, I felt challenged by the issues it raised and wondered if the pillars of my self-appraisal might be little more than self-delusion. Perhaps like me, You've heard of the classic film My Night at Maud's by French New Wave director Eric Romer. And like me, maybe it's been sitting in your Netflix DVD queue for the past few years, often pushed down a few slots for something newer with more buzz. Surely you'll get around to seeing all of Romer's six moral tales eventually. After all, they've lasted more than 50 years. You can wait another few weeks. But for now, there's this newer, shinier thing you can only get on DVD because the gods that govern the streaming universe say so. And like me, maybe you're not in the mood to watch a French New Wave film by the time My Night at Maud's finally makes it to your home. After all, you've got that Disney Plus subscription, Apple TV, and that new series on Hulu. You've got Amazon Prime, which recently bought all the movies ever made by MGM, and of course, there's Netflix streaming, the price of which keeps climbing higher and higher into the stratosphere, so high you can almost see an unhinged airline passenger forcibly removing two teeth from the mouth of a flight attendant at 30,000 feet. When Thomas Paine said, these are the times that try men's souls, he had no idea a la carte TV would be just as expensive as the cable we keep trying to cut, or as difficult as freeing ourselves from the umbilical cord that once tied us to Mother England. Personally, I don't mind that Netflix makes money when I fail to return a DVD in a timely manner, because, as everyone knows, the readiness is all. And last night, I was finally ready for my night at Maud's, or thought I was. In 1965, four years before he completed work on Maud, Romer filmed a discussion between two philosophers which centered on something called Pascal's Wager. I won't pretend to be qualified enough to explain that theory properly, but the gist of it goes like this. Everyone born must eventually place a bet as to whether God exists or not. Now, because Pascal was a mathematician, he relied on math and probability to weigh the advantages of a bet with finite outcomes against one with infinite outcomes. For him, you couldn't lose if you staked your life on the infinite. And never mind that there have been many challenges to Pascal over the years. For Romer, the existential issues raised during that documentary were still rattling around in his mind when he began working on My Night at Maud's. So much seemed to depend on that wager back in the day. It resonated with the political climate of the Cold War, 
when nuclear proliferation meant the potential end of civilization and the destruction of planet Earth. The movie begins in church. It's set during the Christmas holidays. And despite the frenzied push to keep our economy from going to hell in a handbasket, most of us know that Christmas still has meaning embedded in the word itself. It's the night when Christ was born. That's why children still put on nativity plays. That's why you can't find a place to park at midnight church services on Christmas Eve. Romer wants us to be aware of these things before he gets to the sexy part of his movie. What makes my night at Maud's feel engaging and relevant 52 years later is that Romer applied Pascal's wager to human relationships, and more particularly, to what happens between the sheets, or, as the case may be, on top of them. One minute, you're a thoughtful engineer like Jean-Louis Trintignant, who takes his Catholic religion very seriously. You've had three or four affairs in your 34 years on the planet, but you've only slept with women you've had feelings for. Your principles do not include casual sex or one-night stands. You're interested in settling down with someone, someone you could love for the rest of your life. During the Christmas holidays, you bump into an old school friend you haven't seen in 14 years. He is a Marxist philosopher who's proud of his many one-night stands. The two of you attend a Mozart recital. Afterwards, he invites you to meet his friend, Maud, played by Françoise Fabienne, a seductively beautiful woman who removes her clothes after dinner and announces that she likes to sleep naked. Maud, by the way, is a divorced doctor whom the Marxist is also in love with. There will be no spoilers here, but you've probably figured out by now that this is a film that asks, will you or won't you, at some point during the night. But there's more to it than that, because in this film, love and sex are couched not only in religious terms, but existential ones. Is a one-night stand always the same as cheap throwaway sex, or is it an opportunity to connect with another? Who are you if you readjust your principles for the sake of a passionate encounter? Is sainthood worth striving for, or is it a form of madness? And should you be lucky enough to find a lasting love at some point, how far should you go to honor that commitment? When New Yorker film critic Pauline Kael referred to the sick soul of Europe in her book I Lost It at the Movies, she wasn't talking about Romea. She was talking about Antonioni's La Notte. Robgrier's Last Year at Marion Bad, and Fellini's La Dolce Vita. I love those films, in part because they take on the obsessions, projections, confusions, deceits, and self-deceits that often drive the passions we call love. Perhaps, because they are sick in a way, they've helped me navigate my own journey through love's winding and unpredictable highway. Films like that strike me as more honest than the sentimental, romantic comedies that feel like casual one-night stands by comparison. I like movies that keep me awake at night, that force me to ask tough questions. But as it happened, Pauline Kael didn't like Romer's work either. To repeat here what she said about My Night at Maud's is to give the story away, something I don't want to do in case you get around to seeing it, because knowing what happens is not the same as experiencing it. My own takeaway from My Night at Maud's is similar to what one critic said in Slant magazine. To experience sexual arousal is to have a spirited argument with oneself. 
Here's why that resonates with me. I've seen several articles lately that say sex is just sex and nothing more. Maybe that's true, but I'm not so sure. In his Alexandria Quartet, Lawrence Durrell says sex is a psychic event. To paraphrase Pablo Neruda, sex is how I tell you everything I have not said. Whether it's good sex or bad sex, something important gets said during that particular kind of conversation, something words cannot express. If you're lucky, that something turns out to be intimacy, trust, even love. But maybe that depends on the kind of bet you've made in the first place and how much you're willing to stake on it. As to the questions raised by My Night at Maud's, perhaps the best answer comes from Muhammad Ali. Only the nose knows where the nose goes when the dough close. Because sometimes you only get to know the truth in moments of uncertainty. And I'm not telling. Would you? Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and thanks very much for listening to the Jazz Bros Diaries. Music by Zapsplat.com